series four. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. I mean, I've done two series per year. So we're in like the second year and it's just crazy. And I just love it so much. I love talking to you guys. You know how I am on social media. I'm quite open, quite honest. And yeah, I just love to dive into topics that personally affect me but I know affect you guys as well because I think it's important to share because sharing is caring and a problem shared is a problem halved so that's why we're here and that's what series four is kind of all about we've had the toughest time 2020 I mean what a year what is going on no one knows what's going on we all just feel in a head spin we are all over the unknown is just knocking us off and I just thought it would be the perfect time to really kind of dive into topics that are probably going through our minds like crazy right now, like the overwhelming feelings of just what is going on in life. And I think being a chronic illness sufferer, we're actually kind of got it under control a little bit better than maybe the normal person because we're used to adapting, we're used to having, you know, being thrown off um, and being like knocked out from nowhere kind of thing so I feel like we're already ahead of the game but it doesn't mean that our feelings aren't valid that we aren't feeling things that we aren't up in the air um so yeah I really wanted to dive into a couple of uh, topics of this series now I will just go through a couple of the topics that we want to discuss I really want to discuss social media because social media gets a bad rep as we all know but for many of us like myself it's a bit of a lifeline it's a place where we offload it's a place where we open up so I think it's very very important to discuss this topic because I think it will hit home with a lot of us and you know you guys can probably relate in so many ways the next one is like comparisons now I'm a girl and I'm not saying it's any worse for a girl than it is for a boy but I'm just one human being and I get so caught up in comparisons with like everything in all areas of my life so my personal life my career life my health um it's very difficult it's very toxic but it's like quicksand and it sucks you in and I think everybody has been affected by this at some point in their life and you know it's just kind of something that I feel needs some airtime and needs discussing so that we can all kind of lighten this load that feels it's almost like the guilt that we carry around so I really wanted to discuss that topic I really want to discuss body image because that's something that I suffer with badly it's been battered through chronic illness and I think loads of you will be on the same page as me uh, about that and yeah and like feeling numb and creating a fun life with chronic illness like I really want to obviously make sure that we discuss topics that are kind of hard hitting that may make us feel emotional may make us feel down and all of that but I also want to make sure that we obviously share some positivity uplift you guys empower you guys but it's a journey life isn't just straight and narrow it's not all sunshine and rainbows we have to experience the you know whether the storms and experience the bad times as well and that's why I want this series to be very balanced I wanted to show a bit of everything like diving deep emotionally because I think we're very very good at the brave face we become queens at hiding and masking our 
inner pain because we have to hold it together so often. Um, So I really want to break that down and just kind of know that you aren't alone. I'm going through the same kind of thing. We're all kind of on the same page, on the same wavelength. Yes, okay, we feel alien and we feel numb some days. We feel kind of a loss of identity. And that's another thing that I really want to touch on is identity. But we're all kind of going through the same thing together. So never feel alone. Always reach out. You know you can get me on Instagram. So if you want it, if you ever just want to slide into my DMs, that's fine. I will answer you, you know, as quickly as I possibly can because I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to even reach out to me. And I know how hard it is because personally, I really, really struggle with asking for help as well. I isolate, I go into hibernation mode. So I fully, fully understand it. So yeah, I really, really want to break that down. Obviously, disclaimer, like obviously I am just a girl. I am just going off my own experience and I'm not a doctor, all of that jazz, but I'm just someone who lives it in the real life and I suffer with it just like you do so we can relate on that that side of things like I, I've walked in your shoes type thing, I understand what you're going through, I know it's difficult and that is why I talk about these things, it's not that you know I kind of have like a diploma or anything like that to kind of say yes this is me, I can share advice with you, it's just kind of me uncut, unedited, real life, what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling it, my advice, a kind of words of wisdom, do you want to say that? I don't know, um, but yeah, just kind of me sharing what I'm going through, because I think sometimes, it's sometimes nice to have someone on your own page, obviously it's lovely to get advice off the doctors, we feel uplifted, we feel like we've got a direction to go in, but it's very different to having someone who's actually going through it the same with you and it can relate on that level and can feel that pain that you're going through and often or not we find it difficult to explain so even when we go like I'm, I'm the worst at this I will hold my hands up I'll book a doctor's appointment knowing that I feel ill and everything going on but when I walk into that room it's almost like the brain fog just goes over me and I'm just like I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to explain the pain that I'm feeling inside because he's just going to look at me like some crazy person and probably, yeah, I just think I'm, I'm losing the plot. So I find it very, very difficult. So I fully understand where you're getting from. Um, and I think it's just nice. Like, I love talking to you guys and that's why I'm so active on social media because it is a place where, even on my bad days, like, I look for inspiration I look for motivation from you guys and empowerment just to get me through and just to know that okay I may be feeling alien today but I'm actually not an alien and um, I am just a girl I am here and yeah I'm just kind of going through life and experience it every day is a different day yeah so I really hope that series four helps you in lots of ways with the topics that we discuss please like leave in the comments if there's any sort of topics you really really want to be discussed in series five or you feel like you want to go more in depth in because I know that sometimes we just skim the surface because I just want to give you a snippet of information and not overwhelm you because these subjects can be emotionally draining like they take an emotional toll 
so I feel like it's just better just to kind of just briefly kind of go over it just know that you aren't alone you aren't alien but give you kind of not like homework but thoughts to take away and food for thought and like think about things that maybe you can implicate in your life to make it better and like coping mechanisms so I really really hope that I've given you a little bit of a brief insight into series four and you'll join me because I'm so so excited and thank you so much for your support like it means the world to me so yes I really really hope you enjoy and um, I'll see you in the next one Hi, Olivia. Hey, Sophie. How are you? Welcome to Chronic But Iconic. Amazing to have you today. Thank you thank so you much so for much. coming on. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. No, of course. Of course. And I'd love, love, love you to like start us off by just giving us a brief uh, background into yourself because you're such an amazing woman and we're going to get <laughs> so much empowerment from you today. Thank you. I, I hope so. Um, yeah, so... Um, I'm 22 years old. I am from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, I, um, I have a bunch of different. <laughs> yeah. Do you have you been? Yes. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I have a bunch of different chronic illnesses. I have Crohn's disease, rheumatoid arthritis, um, hypermobile uh, EDS, so yeah. uh, HEDS and um, CRPS as well. Yeah, I just graduated college, yes. so right into a pandemic, so I really knew how to, <laughs> had really good timing on that one. Yeah, um, yeah and I just, uh, I wrote a book, and it came out about a, a week ago, so That's super so excited about that. Totally exciting, and it's so great that you're, you know, putting a positive spin on things, because chronic illness in general is just really, really kind of negative, and people can either kind of yeah. go two ways people can sink or people can swim and make something you know a positive out of it all and you definitely have so like let's get into the book let's just explain what kind of drove you your inspiration and what the book is all about so that the audience know yeah um so the book is called I'm good um the title super important um yeah so basically when you're chronically ill or you really have any type of disability but especially an invisible disability which a lot of chronic illnesses fall under the invisible uh disability category um when someone asks you like oh how are you doing yeah like because we're trained in this able-bodied world we just say oh I'm good even though you're not good and you're not feeling well and you're flaring and you're really sick but you know, no one wants to hear that, or you think no one wants to hear that. And so you just have to be like really cognizant of who you're talking to and figuring out like, oh, are we close enough where I can actually tell them I'm not feeling well? And it's just a much more complicated question than people think it is. So my book is kind of based on that, or the idea behind like, explaining what's going on in your body to able-bodied people. Um, My book's really for everyone, but um, it's for uh, especially people who are just diagnosed, um, I got a wonderful review from Daphne Hoskins, who I'm not sure if you saw the Babysitter's Club, but it's adorable, yes. the new Netflix one, yes. just adorable. Um, and she was in that and she was just diagnosed with Crohn's this year. And she read it with her mom. And like, it was just the most touching review. Aww. And they cried. And it's just like, she was like, Oh, I felt that moment when I finally was told like, there is something wrong with you. Because yes. growing up, people are like, Oh, well, of course, you want to be healthy. Like you don't want something to be wrong with you. Yeah. But like when there is something wrong with you, you want it to be known. Um, So it's really for especially early on 
uh, people who are diagnosed recently, um, able-bodied people, so like caregivers, parents, loved ones, friends. Um, yeah. But I've had people who really have no connection to chronic illness, um, like from Twitter and stuff, who bought my book and say that they really enjoyed it and Good. they're interested in learning more yes. about all that. Yeah. And I think that's really, really important because you're probably like me, but when we were first <laughs> diagnosed, you just yeah. felt like you were spending so much of your already low energy levels on explaining right. things time and time and time again to people. You just sounded like right. a broken record and they just, yes, they weren't really listening. And mm-hmm. that kind of made you kind of sit back and think, oh, they don't care. They don't understand. Um, right. And I've kind of just got to the point in like my life now where I'm just like I don't mm-hmm. need to explain myself like I know what's going on in my body it's right. awful like I know how I feel sometimes it's just best like I just kind of blame like oh it's a bad week or whatever but I don't right sort of spend already low energy levels on explaining and all of that I think sometimes it gets yeah. really really difficult emotionally as well as physically Oh, it definitely gets super. It's just a very draining process altogether. Yeah, not only having chronic illnesses, but then explaining them. And like, it's a lot to take in all the time. Like, people like, and friends, I've found a lot of understanding. Yeah, I think I think yeah. it really, really helps when you have a strong support system that you, nobody else kind of really matters in, in the sense that you know that they understand, they support you, you, they know that you're not making it up, they know that you're not crazy, and your loved ones are the ones that count. So the kind of, the other people that you just meet, the high and the by people, right. you don't mind if they don't understand find at this I mean I'm pretty an open um on yeah time which I which I'm well um I wrote a book and you and you're very public on sometimes um, yes just, it is tired yeah so and it's, I think- it's <laughs> I think sometimes it helps when you like write a book or like you have your podcast or Instagram or anything like that because you kind of feel like you've educated people but you don't have to say it time and time again to indi- individual people if that makes sense yeah it's just a wider audience and yeah it feels good to know that we're helping people understand exactly like, chronic illness yes. better Maybe someone else can take the time to educate from from what we're sharing. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, you're not kind of throwing it in their face or telling them, oh, you know, you've got to understand. You're kind of dripping the information in a fun way and then Mm -hmm. they can go back and educate themselves if they want to. And it really kind of warms my heart when people do go. But like you were saying, you know, with your book, people have read it who don't have a chronic illness and have come back and said, I really want to learn more. That for me is just like everything. And it kind of gives my whole pain and my journey a purpose, if that makes sense. Hi, love you. Still there?
Hey guys, so so sorry about that. We lost Olivia. I think the connection so went. Um, as you all know, Wi-Fi is a big issue, and when Olivia is all the way across the pond, it's very difficult. But we'll get right back to it now. I hope you're all enjoying and getting so much inspiration from Olivia because she is one amazing woman. So let's get back to it. <laughs> Hi, sorry, I don't know Hi. what happened. I just kind of, yeah. I was like, hello, Olivia, are you still <laughs> Yeah, there? no, I'm not sure about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't okay. really know. But yeah, I was just saying that it kind of helps when people come back to us and say, you know, I've read your book, I've listened to your podcast, blah, blah, right. blah, and they want to learn more because it kind mm-hmm. of gives your pain a purpose and you think actually right. like what I'm doing, it, it does matter and it's making a, a big change. Yeah, no, I had one friend that I had known since, like, I was a baby, but we were close, you know, drifted, whatnot, and and she read my book and had so many questions and wanted to learn about disability, and we spent all night, I was sending her links, and just so many, and it was just so nice to know that, like, it wasn't like she was just saying she enjoyed the book, like, she wanted to learn more and wanted to have educational material and wanted other disabled and chronically ill people, and so her reaching out and like wanting more was just it was really nice to hear yeah 100 percent. and especially coming from like a close friend as well you just it kind of adds to that strong support system right. and I think yeah. when you've got that support system as well you feel a bit more at peace with what's going on in your body because I know at first I was just like I'm an alien what is going on what crime have I committed yeah. to suffer with this and right. I really just couldn't kind of decode it and actually accept it I was kind of smoke screening it and not really Mm -hmm. wanting to know more about it or engage in what was going on in my body so did you feel the same did you have your guard up um so no I was actually like the complete opposite um just because I had been sick basically since birth and they they had diagnosed me with baby colitis. Don't really know if that's an actual diagnosis or like a real thing. Okay. But I, I think they had told my mom like it was going to go away, whatever. Yeah. It did not. Um, I ended up being diagnosed with Crohn's at 12, but I had spent like the four or five years prior, like going into my like pediatric um, yearly wellness quote unquote <laughs> appointment every year telling them I was sitting in like pools of blood every day. Oh my gosh. And so I was like, yeah, this can't be normal. I was way underweight. I was really, really small. I was in like the first percentile for height and weight. Like I weighed nothing. I couldn't digest food. And so they were like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And it just got to the point my parents were like, clearly she's not fine. And so I went to children's hospital. He took one look at me. Like I had, he it's Crohn's. So he looked right at my butt and he goes, yep, you have Crohn's. Like that's it. He just knew. And so I was just thrilled because I yeah. was like, finally, I have been saying for years, I'm not feeling well. This isn't normal. I spend all day in the bathroom. I can't keep up with my peers. Like, but yes. when you're young, I don't know if it's they think you're exaggerating or or you don't know yourself well enough or your body well enough. But um, I mean, I, I really do think you should trust your child's instinct um and get them the help that they need and my parents were just following what the doctors were saying and they were saying it was fine so you can't really blame them but you know it gets to a certain point where they're like okay this isn't good um 
Yeah. And so then I wasn't allowed to tell anyone I was diagnosed with Crohn's until I had a colonoscopy and endoscopy because like in case it was like a wrong diagnosis or whatever. But my parents were like, no, like you can't say. And that killed me because I like wanted to shout from the rooftops that I had Crohn's and I knew it and I was right the whole time and like all this stuff. And I just had to be quiet for like a few more months. And that was really, really difficult. And then able to tell people I did not get the response that I've been hoping for. Um, and I do talk about oh that gosh. in my book. Um, yeah, that, that's I, like the first thing I wanted. To, yeah. Yeah. The first thing I wanted to do was raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to cure it on my I mean, I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to cure it. Like, this is it. Like, I'm going to do it, everybody. And so uh, I created like a team, we were called Olivia's Crohn's Crushers. And I brought like all these flyers in to my sixth grade class. And I was like, here you go, everybody. And like people donated, but no one came to the walk. And it was like the saddest day. Oh my <laughs> um, I was so disheartened. I was like, I had asked every day and people were like, oh, like I can't come. Like my parents doesn't want to drive me in, like all this stuff. And so it was hard because I had put all this weight into being like, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like I figured it out. Like I know what I have. I'm going to tell people about it. I'm going to fix it. And uh, I mean, I told people about it. I figured it out, but I didn't fix it. And uh, bigger than that, obviously, I didn't have uh, the support. I mean, when you're 12, it's hard enough, yes. like keeping friends, but um, yeah, it's, it's just it was Yeah, it just was not ideal. So I do actually, I talk about that story in the book a little bit. Yeah. And I think, again, it's it's very, it's very difficult as well, because we all feel we want to fight for our cause. But then we think that support sometimes isn't like you're saying as much as we had hoped for because everybody's trying to fight for a cause Mm -hmm. but I think people sometimes get confused with right well what can I afford to support and then it's Mm -hmm. not a reflection on us but we take it as a reflection on us and that's very difficult (laughs) to kind of get our heads around especially being so young and yeah that's kind of our growing time you know our teenage years Mm-hmm. Is when we start to develop as a person, our personality comes out, we start to find ourselves. And when that's like masked by ill health, it's just so frightening, like what it takes from you. It's just crazy. I don't know if you're the same. Like I, I was confidence wise, I was battered. Were you, the, were, the, were you the same when it came to confidence? Would you say? It yeah. really is. Do you like talk about that in the book at all or is that something yeah. that Yeah. Um yeah. I definitely because I think <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, I was, but yeah. mostly I'd say mostly because of the drugs a little bit. So drug wise, so I was on steroids. Um I was on prednisone and yeah. that like I did not I had grown up like like I said, first percentile for weight. I was tiny, skinny, like I was always small. And then basically oh overnight, I talk about how I would eat a shrimp cocktail for like dinner and I'd be like full to like the next day to like noon. But then once I started steroids, I would have a bacon, egg and cheese yeah. and donut and like an iced tea and I would be hungry within 20 minutes. And so it like escalated so fast. And I, mean, I my face no, got I fat. Like, I, have you been on um, prednisone or steroids before? I have it's lost a lot. For Lyme disease? Or is that not a thing that you guys do? Um, and growth no. problems okay. in general so that that kind of battered 
um, my self-esteem big time so I know that going through any chronic illness is kind of hard because it's like if if you have surgery or whatever due to a chronic illness it's going to take it out of you and and like I said we were we were girls like I was 14 when I was like well caught Lyme I wasn't diagnosed Mm -hmm. until I was 23 but I started becoming really really poorly when I was about 16 so you know I was a bit like you. Mm-hmm. I was watching my friends go out, go Oof. drinking, go to prom, this, that, and you, and you miss out yeah. so much. Yeah, you miss out on so much, and that's the kind of part of your life. Oh yeah, you should be discovering <laughs> See yourself, that all and the you time. just feel so alien, yeah. so so alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I said, I was a bit younger than drinking age and going out But um, when I was diagnosed. But yeah, I didn't want my picture taken. And that was like the first time in my life that I didn't want it taken. And then, um, so then like looking, and then the next year I had gone on like this diet to try to like see like if food would help like with the Crohn's. And then I ended up only weighing 70 pounds. So I like went from being like the biggest I'd ever been to like the smallest I'd ever been within like a year's time. So it's a very odd time to look at photos just because the change oh. is just so visual yeah. and so drastic. Um, I mean, I went from being like a moon face so <laughs> to like weighing nothing. So yeah, but in terms of yes. like going to college, like I missed out on a oh, lot of stuff. Yeah. But I found yeah. at the end of the day, like it wasn't worth it as much as I wanted to like go out and do things like I couldn't tolerate it. So you have to like make these decisions like, okay, like if I do this, like, is that worth the outcome? If I do this, will it cause that? And it's like all these decisions that um, non-chronically ill people don't have to even think about. So like, I feel so uneducated on this, but I didn't know that chemo could be used for Crohn's as like a, I just did not know that. I'm so, so sorry, but I'd Mm -hmm. I'd love, I'd love to know more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's okay. Yeah, no, it's super common to not know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super common. So if I ever say I like mon chemo, like people will be like, Oh, no, like, I'm so sorry. And honestly, like, if I couldn't get accommodations, or get like compassion from professors or stuff like that, because I took three medical leaves. And um, I was not accommodated. I did everything on my own. I FaceTimed into a three hour class. Like I did what I had to do to graduate on time without really any help. And the biggest way that I could get their attention, it's the biggest buzzword. If I told them that I had chemo, they'd be like, oh my God, what can I do to help you? Almost immediately. And so it's like, I never really threw that around unless I had to, because I knew that it came with like so much like confusion and being like oh no cancer but um yeah so basically the first chemotherapy I was on was actually made for a certain type of cancer originally but it didn't actually work so it was called Remicade um and so I'm not really sure what cancer was for but they tried it out um and it didn't work Um, but I was on that for six years and it was my little miracle drug and it was the healthiest I ever was I was in remission for six years and it was great um but then I I developed antibodies to it so um, it stopped working. I've also been on 6MP, which is an oral okay. chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, and so 
Yeah, basically anything that ends in MAB, so M-A-B, is a chemotherapy. That's what I've been told by my nurses. So infliximab is the name, like the uh, medical name or whatever you want to call it for um, Remicade. And then I'm on Intivio now, and that ends in a MAB. So that's also considered a chemotherapy. Um, But yeah, so it's common for a lot of different autoimmune diseases and things like that there's also something called methotrexate which a lot of people with rheumatoid arthritis use and arthritis in general and that is I believe currently also used for cancer patients I could be wrong on that one but uh yeah so there's a lot of overlap um yeah like Antivio was never for cancer patients with the drug I'm on now but it does end in MAB. So it does fall under the chemotherapy category. If you Google it, like not much comes up, but if you do wow. Google yeah. remedies, um, it does come up I about really how like it know. was That's for crazy. a cancer um, at some point. So yeah, it's super common. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't lose your hair or anything. Like I haven't, people do. I shouldn't say that. There are people like I have, like I'm in obviously like a ton of different like Facebook groups and stuff like that. And uh, people yeah. complain about hair loss and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I'm I'm lucky. I've oh, never really had that good, as an issue because it's that, that's um, a yeah. big. A so my hair has thing stayed again, pretty much intact. Hair, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But right, I see that that's got the last thing I need. <laughs> Another like, thing to have an issue to you with when it comes so. to your other passions outside yeah. chronic illness. So, I mean dogs you love dogs and I think I'm the same yeah I know like I've got a little oh, yeah. John Fries and he is such a character and I think oh I mean who doesn't kind of a good <laughs> dose of medicine to have around oh they really really are I have uh, I rescued yeah. a dog from Texas um, after my freshman year of college to train her to become my service animal. Um, mm-hmm. So I yeah. would not have been able to get through the next three years like without her just because I did spend so much time alone in my room, like isolated, not feeling good in pain. And she because of the CRPS, I'm very sensitive to touch. So I can be in like the worst pain. But if like a human like lightly touches me, it feels really good and, and calms down the other like really intense pain. So basically she would just lay on my legs or whatever part was bothering me um, to help basically like a portable weighted blanket and heating pad. Um, Yeah. So she's wonderful. She's a miniature dachshund and a Shih Tzu. So a very odd combination, (laughs) but um, yeah, she was on the street. And so she just really, I mean, she was a quick learner, but she also just like wanted to be loved and she's just my little shadow and I mean, now with quarantine, we don't really go anywhere. So she hasn't been oh, working so outside of the home in, since so March. Lovely. But I mean, yeah. she went to every single class with me. She was going to walk with me at graduation. So like, yeah, dogs really on, are like, wonderful. Mentally <laughs> um, being hard. Yeah, have you kind big of fan. <laughs> been able to work through it? Because it's been tough. It's been tough going. Yeah. Oof. Yeah it's really hard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, I I do go to therapy. I'm obviously not in person anymore. And that has been helpful just to be able to talk through my frustrations. Um, Just because people not taking it seriously has been my biggest 
issue, especially being yeah. in America. Um, obviously, we're doing an awful job. And so things are really, really bad. Yeah. And um, people just don't wear masks. They're not taking it seriously. And and they're putting people like myself at risk. Yeah. And so I just keep spending more and more time inside. Yeah. Um, and I'm an extrovert. So I get all my energy from people. And I literally have only seen my family for the most part. Um, I mean, my friends are still working and traveling and doing stuff like things aren't happening. Because if it doesn't directly affect you 100%. and you aren't yeah. ill or at high risk, I think they think they're just invincible because they're younger. No, yeah. And I, like, I I've never it, felt yeah. invincible. So I'm not really sure what that feels like. But yeah. apparently it's very common <laughs> because it's, yeah. So yeah. it's it's been hard. Um, just talking about my frustrations. Thinking to a um, whole. I'm, I'm a big talker. So if I sit in my head too long um, with mental illness and stuff, yeah. like I can just go and go and go. So if I talk, right. So if I just talk it out, I do feel a bit better about it. But yeah, it's it has been yeah. hard. Um, and then when I have gone out, like, just like get poop bags for my dog or something, yeah. like running into a store and running out, like, I just have a very high level of anxiety. Of course, yeah. So it hasn't have even been Have you been, been able enjoyable. to get out and walk Because um, I know that was a big yeah, thing for uh, me. You know, like, working through it the best I can. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's hard. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah luckily oh, I, I live yeah I live across the street I basically like live in the woods <laughs> so I live across the street from like a beautiful conservation land so um I'm always oh, over there sad. and it's it's just nice to like be in a peaceful setting kind of away from most of the world yeah. um and to be outside obviously and because I am in the uh, suburbs okay. luckily like yeah you're not really near people um, like I'm not in a city or anything yeah. like that. I'm outside of Boston. That, like, music um, so is a big I am for lucky you. that, like, you, that I have been able to get kind outside. Of very overwhelmed easily. and anxious. The first thing I jump to is get my headphones, go for a walk, and just like disconnect. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love music. I find that to be very, very healing and calming and like obviously like everyone has songs for yeah. like different moods and so you just kind of put that on depending at least for yeah. me like what I'm feeling and I kind of yeah, just fall into idea. that and go that, on a walk that's that good do advice. A puzzle. very low um, impact activities kind of favorite quotes that from the book yeah. that maybe are going to stay with you for life and you hope that people kind <laughs> yes. of remember as well mm-hmm Yeah, so I have a bunch of quotes, but um, yeah. a big one for me is about like, I, I, I do have OCD. And so I love to control things. And so although I can't control so one of the quotes is although I yeah. can't control the diseases that live inside of me, I can control how I look at them and how I talk about them with others, yeah. I can frame my life in the way I want to frame it. Um, because so often with chronic illness, you are out of control. Yes. You don't know when your body's going to flare. You don't know when you're going to be in pain. You don't know when you're not going to be able to eat. There's just so many you don't know. And you just always have to go with the flow of things. And it can yeah. feel really unfair that you're not even in control of your body, which everyone just assumes you are in control of. And so the one thing you can control is how you talk about what's happening in your body. And like, obviously it depends on the day. Like if you're having a really awful day and you just are yeah. upset with everything that's going on, like you can 
I mean, I think it's okay sometimes to talk about your body in a way where you're like, I kind of hate this right now. Like, I hate how my body is acting. Like, I think it would be disingenuous to be like, well, I'm not happy with it, but that's okay because that's not accurate. Like, when you really don't feel well and you're like, wow, I wish my body wasn't like this. Like, I wish I had a different body. Like, those are all very natural feelings. And so, I mean, I wouldn't recommend thinking that all the time because I think you can get really sad and go into some like anxious or depressive type of spiral but like when you have a bad day I'm all for like being upset and being in that moment with that um but then in terms of the day-to-day um I like to be in control and talk about my diseases and my experience more than just like these are the symptoms like that doesn't mean that much to me it's how they affect me like what I can do what I can't do how this but a lot of that also depends on the day like so yeah. it's a lot of more about like education mm-hmm. and the overall education that uh, chronic illnesses don't have like a straight timeline. They kind of bounce all over the place. And so if you're 100%. around people and you educate them on that, then I don't know, I just find that to be like one of the most helpful things. Because if you frame chronic illness in a way that like, hey, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen yes. in the next 10 minutes. And, think, and you're with um, people who love and support you and are like, like okay, let's well, just go with it. So, um, so I think that's the most grateful. helpful. Yeah. And we live in the present moment and we appreciate it as a, as a gift it is. I, because back in the day when I was like a child right. and things, everything you just thought, you know there's no care in the world everything's a given tomorrow's a given all of this and it really Mm -hmm. isn't we should really live in the present and really actually appreciate the here and now yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it really is hard I, I actually have a chapter in my book about that about um it's called even when the good days are bad because for me, I, I do have a hard time. It's something that I always have to work on is, is living in the moment. And I have gotten much better at it. And I do enjoy it. But I do get like, especially like the end of the day after I had a really good day, I can enjoy yes. it. But I always have like this kind of deep seated sadness that I know that I'm probably not going to have another day like that. tomorrow. Yeah. And so I have a hard time. It's like you grieve after a good day. At least I do. Because I know it's so wonderful, and, and it's like I don't know when I'm gonna have well, these abilities again. Like I don't know when I'm gonna be able to do X, Y, Z again. Where it's kind of toxic positivity. So I'd yeah, feel like a negative emotion. I'd be like, no, you can't feel this. You can't cry. Crying's a weakness. Right. You're allowing it to beat you, defeat you, and you b- believe like your your mind becomes a bit of a demon and a bit of a right. bully. And mm-hmm. I've now started to realize that actually crying is a great form of, a form of like therapy because mm-hmm. you yeah. just kind of wash away all of that um, built up inside of you, basically. And that we, we have to check it really in with is. our emotions. It's actually savvy to check in with your emotions and be so in tune because it benefits mm-hmm. you in the long run. I yeah. think it really does. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, I, I do think the idea of like the toxic, yeah. like constant positivity type thing. Um, I mean, I just think that comes from yes. living in this able-bodied world where like part of the disability narrative is like this idea of overcoming. And so like, it's always like, what can you do to do better at this? Like, what can you do to be like, 
like inspiration porn like you see it all the time like someone with like cerebral palsy walks up a flight of steps and it goes viral and everyone's like wow what an inspiration and it's like but did they want to do that like it's not for the able-bodied gaze like that's for them that's their moment and like who knows it could be the toxic positivity it's like oh you have to do this like you have to like be better and walk and try this and And, it's just finally it definitely feels like it's ingrained um, within our society and take away from the book you would like your readers to take because I think everyone's going to learn a lot about chronic illness as a, as a whole but kind of how to deal with it and and all of that that comes along with it as well because it's not just about the mm-hmm. chronic illness it's kind of the, the baggage right. as well as um I don't like to say it in that way but it kind of is it's not just one sole easy topic is it really right no it's not and I, I touched yeah. upon it a little bit earlier but just the the main piece is that chronic illnesses are just so extremely complex and people with chronic illnesses, they deserve to be cared for and loved like anyone else. But if you are in their life, you are going to need to take more time to understand and figure out the best way to help them or not help them figure out what they need in their life to make their life easier to feel understood. And if you are a friend, a caretaker, a parent, whatever. If you listen, you can help your chronically ill friend or family member better enjoy their own life, which, I mean, I feel like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what you want for everyone that you love is to enjoy their life. And so if you can help them achieve that, I just think that's wonderful. And like, it it might take a little bit extra, like, I'm not gonna lie, (laughs) chronic illnesses are hard. And so like, it will take extra time extra listening, extra understanding, kind of extra yes. everything. But but it once you put in all that work kind of on the front end, I feel like 100%. the back end I, I isn't as hard. Agree with you there, like definitely. you don't need to put in as much work because it becomes like, something that's natural. And find you as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can purchase my book on Amazon. It's yes. available as an ebook as well as a paper physical copy. So no hardback, but a softback. Um, it's also available on oh, Kobo. Cool. Um, and hopefully, yeah. um, I'm working with Ingram, so hopefully it'll be available in stores and things like that. But we'll see, we'll see where where that goes. I'm working with different stores right now, um, and. Yeah, amazing. so on social media, so, I'm so on Instagram, I'm Olivia.gainer. You've been an absolute I'm on Twitter, delight, I'm and at the Olivia Gainer. It's to have you so, on. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. And, you Thank know, you, you so much for having me. I, I really, world, really so do appreciate it. And I love always chatting very, with very another chronically ill friend. No, you're welcome. Thank you. And we'll speak very, very soon. Bye. Thank you so much.